0: Welcome back to Afternoons. Home to more than a hundred space-related organisations, the Australian Space Agency, Mission Control Centre and the Future Australian Space Park in South Australia has a rapidly growing space industry and we're joined by two students that are lucky to be amongst this exciting industry. Abigail Sparnan and Sam Nitschke join us. Guys, welcome to the program. How are you today?
1: Not bad. Thank you for having me.
0: Good to have you. It is such an exciting industry and i think you know in the past you've we've been a little bit probably ignorant to oh you know man goes to the moon you know you see rockets you know head up it's so much more than that and seeing what is happening here in south australia is very very exciting can i start with you sam What's your interest? What's the fascination with the space industry?
1: Well, Jade, there's so much going on here in Australia with the space industry. We've got a bunch of companies starting to look at launch, so the big you know, fancy ones of getting to space, the very big spectacle of rockets going up. Uh, that's where my passion really lies, like seeing things come to fruition, uh, the explosive power behind a rocket and the real spectacle of it. It's really exciting to really young kids, and that's kind of stuck with me for the last couple of years. But also just how much innovation, how much excitement... That it generates, and and the pure possibility you've got in the next couple of years.
0: So, as a youngster, is that what you used to play with?
1: Yeah, so Lego, Lego rocket toys were always a really big one. Um, over near where I grew up back in Loxton, we had a mate, uh, Adrian Ryman. She a birthday, which is always quite fun, and he, a couple of years older than me, built his own observatory. So oh, put together cool. a bit of a tent shed dome thing with a telescope at the top, and so to this, you know, little six-year-old kid getting taken out there with, you know, rural night skies, perfect pitch-black nights. Uh, it's pretty inspiring. It's good stuff.
0: Wow! So that's where the passion started. Definitely helped. And what's he doing?
1: So, right now, he's he's retired on his farm, kind of going about that. Loves his grandkids, so, you yeah, know. Yeah,
0: so didn't get into the space industry. You did.
1: Yeah, so he was a little bit later in life, and he's, you know, following his, his passion with his family at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a young kid who likes space and thought, you know what, give him a hand.
0: Okay, so take me from a young boy... Out in the outback, you know, observing the skies to finishing school. And I mean, you know, you, you go to the career, you know, the career nights and doctors, lawyers, tradies, mm. you know, all those sorts of things. Where does space fit?
1: Yeah. So space is such a large industry where you can have so many people from doctors, lawyers and tradies working in it. And so there's real big, a big push at the moment from the government to get everyone involved as space tradies, space doctors, space lawyers, all that kind of stuff, and building an industry like we have here on Earth, kind of off-orbit. But if you're coming into this career expo as a kid, especially in the country, there's no explicit or even real mention of space. Mm -hmm. It's not a very easy career to see yourself getting into. And and that's honestly not awful, because no matter what you do, you can kind of weasel your way into it later on, but it is always nice to emphasise just where you can get involved with the sector. So, the really big one, the very obvious one, is engineering, and as a kid you liked rockets in space, that was one I kind of went into pursue.
0: So, are we going to see you in space one day, or do you like your feet on the ground? Oh,
1: I mean, no spoilers, can't say anything for sure, <laughs> but uh, if... Everything goes to plan. Maybe one day we'll be out there floating in zero gravity, but, uh, yeah, no promises yet.
0: Is that the dream, though? Is that what you'd like to do?
1: I mean, it'd be a ton of fun, don't you think? Like, going up there, drinking your own pee, floating around (laughs) in in weightlessness and doing somersaults. Sounds pretty fun.
0: (laughs) For some of us. I think I like my ground firmly planted on the ground. Uh,
2: Abigail, talk to me about your journey. When when did the love of space start? So, ever since I was a little kid, um, you know, I've always loved space. I had one book that was an astronomy book and I had photos of all the planets. Um, but that was the only exposure I ever had to space growing up. Uh, so I'm from an even smaller town than Sam. Uh, and I think I had even less opportunity and exposure than he did. Um, but once I got to uni, I was like, oh, I might do engineering because it's something that I'm good at. And then I was like, oh, wow, there are, you know, I can join a rocketry club. I can join a rover club. I can learn how to create autonomous software for you know, NASA um, as a competition and I realised that, wow, the space industry is something that I can actually get into um, and I think my passion kind of reignited once I got to university. And can you quite believe that you can do it
0: at home? I mean, I know, you know, home is, is the riverland, but to be able to stay in your
2: own state and work with NASA, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I, you know, talking to people from Victoria, Queensland, they're like, oh, there's so many opportunities in South Australia, uh, which I never expected. I always thought I would have to move, you know, either to Sydney, Queensland, or, you know, the US, because Mm. that's where the space industry is. Like, if you want to become an astronaut, you go to America. Yeah. What's the end game for you? I mean, ultimately, you know, every little kid who loves space wants to become an astronaut and you know, see the earth from a different perspective. Mm. Um, but I think shorter term, I just, I'm just i really keen to start pioneering some of those technologies that are made here in Australia, you know, working at some of the startups. you know, maybe starting my own company one day. Um, but, yeah, keeping it local as well.
1: Um, I mean, Spartan Industries sounds like a great space company.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. Uh, can
0: you tell us a little bit about the rural outreach program you coordinated for your hometown in, in Pinaroo?
2: yeah so a couple of months ago i had an idea that i really wanted to showcase all these projects that i've been a part of at uni to my hometown because i was never exposed to that at all and i thought you know i finally had the opportunity to take that back to the people that you know raised me and taught me who i am so i got together 15 students from the uni most of whom are just my friends um we had rockets rovers we had a robotic hand that someone had built we had a whole variety of projects Um, we went down for a weekend Um, so one day we went and spoke to the local primary school we also did some activities where the students from Adelaide got to learn about rural life and the challenges that are faced there Mm -hmm. Um, and then we also had a whole community expo where we had I think almost 200 people come through um, and just talk to us get their hands you know building some model rockets um, and learn a little bit about technology and what they can do. So mainly to be able to show to the young kids, dream big, like not just,
0: you know, internationally, but like out of space big. Was that basically the, the message?
2: Yeah, a big part of it. Um, and another part of it was also um, showcasing to people in Adelaide the what there is in rural tech uh, and you know the challenges that are faced there and how we can apply our space technology to rural technology.
1: Abby does mildly undersell this program too. Uh, 200 people is like half of her hometown coming out to see this thing so it was a very impressive event and she did a great job towards it and yeah space tech and rural stuff comes together quite nicely.
0: Yeah that Good for you. That's so good. It's um it it is a huge industry and a lot of us don't quite realize what goes on in that little hub there. Can you maybe shine a light on on some of the projects that you've come across in the time that you've you know been been working there?
1: I mean, in the space industry, there's lots of startups doing some very interesting things. Like you've got people 3D printing satellites these days, which is a really wild concept to think about. Like, a couple of years ago, satellites, size of buses made, you know, for millions of dollars, billions of dollars, now they're making them on a metal 3D printer, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, yeah, that's happening, at least in progress, with the company here in Adelaide, which is fantastic to hear. And then you've got other companies doing things like monitoring wind turbines from space. So... Vast variety of stuff, and especially from Abby's Expo, we learned a lot about how NDVI imagery, so spa- space satellite imagery, is used to monitor crops around the world and mm-hmm. check for diseases and water usage and nutrient stuff and detect problems before they really are visible to farmers.
0: That must be really changing the face of, you know, the agriculture industry in a a huge way. You know, dating back only a few years, you'd have farmers jump in the car and probably have to travel hours to go and check the rain gauge or check, you know, little things. So how is that changing for them?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, at the moment, the agriculture industry, farms are getting bigger. You've got less people looking after the farms, but the demand is getting higher than it ever was. So these sorts of changes are taking over rapidly and people are really, really keen to adopt them. Mm-hmm.
0: So what do you mean? Like there's there's satellites that they're putting onto their farms that they can just tap into and, and read information that they, they used to have to physically go out and, and get themselves?
2: Yeah, so satellite imagery is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. Also just smart monitoring. Um, so being able to go out, take a soil sample, you know, and be able to like extrapolate that data all across your farm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of... Hinting at, you know, what we're doing with space, but it's all reflective back.
1: And on that smart monitoring stuff, you've got a company like Mariota and Fleet trying to build sensors that are just remote out of the paddock Mm -hmm. and you can send them by satellite back to your farmer. And so, yeah, real big stuff happening.
0: We'll hear about some more big stuff after this short break. Finding support for living with a disability can be tough. Lutheran Disability Services empowers people to live with purpose through providing safe accommodation, independent living support and community engagement. This Thursday, tune in to Afternoons with me, Jade Robran. I'll be joined by John Van Roof, who's the CEO of Lutheran Disability Services. He'll be answering questions and offering expert advice in the 5AA Interactive Lounge from 2.30 to 3.30. Don't miss Lutheran Disability Services with me, Jade Robran, this Thursday on 1395 Adelaide's 5AA.
1: Did you know,
2: at a New Orleans jazz funeral, mourners follow a marching band playing sorrowful music. Once the body is buried, the mood changes to upbeat jazz and dancing. To celebrate the life of your loved ones, choose simplicityfunerals.com.au. Everyone at the back, please. Sitting quietly, please. In a circle. Thank you. Today
0: we're
1: going to talk about what we'd like to be when we grow up. A police girl. Race car driver. I want to be a gymnast. I want
0: to be a concreter with Adelaide Exposed Concrete. I want to be a concreter too. Me too. too.
1: AdelaideExposedConcrete.com.au Best on ground all year round.
2: What's a concreter? At one, Ruby was diagnosed with cancer. At five, Harry's parents discovered he had asthma. At eight, Olivia developed mental health issues. At seven, we're doing something
0: about it. The Channel 7 Children's Research Foundation supports research into things that shouldn't be part of a kid's life. Donate and help us help them. crf.org.au
2: Hi, Susanna Toop here. 31%. 31%. That's the number of our landlords who have been with Toop & Toop for over 10 years. Building long-term relationships with our clients is really important to us. Who are you trusting to look after your biggest investment? toop.com.au Montaigne. everybody's talking about Monteen. And everybody's talking about Ford, Kia, Hyundai and Mitsubishi with all four brands representing state-of-the-art vehicles with unheard of stock availability. team at Mount Barker is your ultimate destination for servicing parts, Use cars, vehicle finance, all at one perfect location. Mention the code word MG coming soon to receive $500 free accessories on any vehicle purchase. Now that's why everybody's talking about Montine. Montine MVD 182170.
1: Race into tyre power and take pole position during the Great Race Sale. The crew from tyre power is giving you the power to buy three and get one free on selected Kumo tyres. Put your pedal to the metal and visit tyrepower.com.au or call thirteen twenty one ninety one during tyre power's Great Race Sale.
0: Living with diabetes? Manage your glucose with zero finger pricks. Freestyle Libre 2, now subsidised for all people with type 1 diabetes. Upgrade at subsidychecker.com.au Always follow the directions for use. through the warnings before purchase. Whether a hobby or a full-blown dairy and livestock farm, they all have one thing in common. The need for good quality steel to keep livestock safe and secure. At Noor Metals, we have just that. From rural fencing and gates to droppers, loading ramps and more, you'll find what you need for your farm. And if we don't, we'll source it for you quickly and at the best price. No matter what kind of farm you have, we'll help you out. At Noor Metals, 255 Grand Junction Road, Otway. Jade Robron on
1: 1395 Adelaide's 5 aa
0: Welcome back to Afternoons. My guest in the studio is Abigail Spanin and also Sam Nitschke. Abigail and Sam are very passionate about the space industry and are both involved in many space activities, including the Australian Rover Challenge here at the Adelaide University. And uh, I'd love to ask you guys a little bit about it. What is Adelaide
2: Rover Team and the Australian Rover Challenge? So, Adelaide Rover Team is a student volunteer group, um, about 60 undergraduates designing, building and competing a lunar rover for the Australian Rover Challenge. So, the Australian Rover Challenge is a competition set by some people from the University of Adelaide uh, and also other places around the country to simulate a lunar mission uh, for university students. So, essentially, we build our rovers, we come to Adelaide, compete them once a year um, to basically mimic what nasa is trying to do with the artemis mission
1: i guess most importantly it is an absolute ton of fun Mm -hmm. and you will have a couple of sleepless nights working very late in, in the university trying to get the thing done so it's a quite an experience
0: are you guys having a little bit more success than artemis at the moment (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean, we don't have any, any leaks to deal with at the moment, but uh, most of our hardware is yet to be made, so uh-huh. maybe a step behind where NASA is.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, what's your observation of that that's going on at the moment? They just can't seem
2: to, to launch it.
1: <laughs> I mean, Abby knows best, but rockets are real hard to do.
2: Mm. They they seem easy, right? Fuel in rocket, light it goes up, mm. um, but to get out of the Earth's atmosphere is actually incredibly difficult. So. It's not surprising that they've had issues.
1: Yeah, and they're like me, right? When the weather's bad, you can't get out of bed, you can't get off the watch pad. It's, yeah, it's very hard to do. Fair
2: enough. Uh, okay, talk to me about
0: a rover then. Are all rovers created equally or is there new technology each year? So, So each rover each year gets more fascinating and more fun to play with and build.
1: There's definitely better rovers than others. I think Adelaide Rover Team has the best rover, of course, Abby.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
2: without a doubt Mm
1: -hmm.
2: so talk to us about what a rover is yeah so a rover is it's essentially a robot that's designed to uh, work on extraterrestrial planets and bodies Mm -hmm. so in the case of our rover it's a lunar rover so we design it for the moon so the moon has a lot of characteristics that are unique that we have to design for it's the same as if you were designing a a robot for Mars it would be completely different to designing one for the moon how do you test it?
1: Uh, well, Adelaide has a new ex-terrace lab they've built, which has a lunar simulated environment. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll get to that one this year, but they use a lot of that for some of your more like PhD level research for lunar rovers. There's a couple little ones that they've got driving around, which are very adorable on this pretend lunar simulant regolith. But ours probably will hop it in a workshop. We'll run through all the a bunch of tests, to make sure it doesn't explode in your face, and then take it down to the beach for a day and uh, drive it around. And who's your competition?
2: Oh, there's probably, I think there's about 10 teams going mm-hmm. into it this year from all across the country. We've got people from Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland. Um, the, the the real competition for us is Monash University. They've right. been doing this for years and years and years. Um, and they are very, very good. But we're going to give them a run for their money this year.
1: That's the goal. We give a lot of props to Monash. They have done some fantastic engineering work on their rovers historically. They came second, I think, in the university challenge over in america this year wow. so they're a very good team but we like to think adelaide's got a bit of gusto got a bit of a uh, underdog story coming for us
0: like it i like it we all love an underdog hey sam can you tell us about your recent opportunity to attend the international astronautical congress in paris
1: uh, i can that started out as a giant joke with a friend uh, so she was thinking about going and was complaining for a couple of days that no one was going to go with her, yeah. and and I figured, you know, what the heck, let's let's go for a trip to Paris.
0: Well, who wouldn't?
1: Yeah, exactly, right. So we figured out a way to fund it, got over there, and um, probably up our own backs, and had a had a week and a half a week in in Europe, which was pretty cool.
0: And what is it
1: now? The International Astronautical Congress is probably the biggest space event in the world. So you get a bunch of companies coming in, talking about what they're doing, what they're planning to do over the next couple of years in the sector, and it's a really great overview of what, say, Japan or uh, you know France or Australia is doing on the international stage, and it's an opportunity to show off a little bit of what your country is capable of. What
0: blew your mind?
1: Ooh, I, I, again, big rocket guy. So having this giant engine bell from a rocket right in the entering the lobby, that was pretty cool. Um, because Ariane Space are doing some pretty interesting things in reusable rockets over the next couple of years. And then JAXA, close to my heart, Japanese and Australian space agencies working together really well the last couple of years. And they've got some very interesting asteroid programs and space programs coming up. Uh, but most of all, the biggest thing I learned is that if you hit your head hard enough, you make lots of Canadian friends.
0: <laughs> what happened? Well, <laughs> There's a story here. <laughs> there's definitely a story there.
1: Uh, not knowing enough French to navigate around becomes a bit of an issue mm-hmm. when you rock up at the back of the IAC centre and have to take a shuttle bus around to the front. And walking onto that shuttle bus and hitting your head incredibly hard on the roof hurts a little bit. Mm. But when you have a bunch of Canadian space doctors on board, they, they tend to look out for you.
0: Yowch! So a few craniums, no, not craniums. What are the little? Anyway, I, I, you, you guys are the experts, but you lost a few that day.
1: Definitely a few neurons gone.
0: <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Hey, talk to me about the Japan because we don't we we hear about us a little bit because obviously we're here, but US, like you said, has always been the big players in in the space industry. So what's Japan up to?
1: Yeah, Japan is doing some very interesting stuff with smaller space launch vehicles and. Mitsubishi, which seem to do everything these days, build rockets over there, which is kind of cool. Uh, they've got a bit of a part to play with the International Space Station, looking into research up there. And they've got their own external uh, laboratory that they run in vacuum of space. And with Australia, we've had a couple of very nice relationships with them in the past. They had two asteroid sample return missions, Hayabusa 1 and 2, which went to Ichikawa and Ryugu, which are near-Earth asteroids in space, blasted them with a bullet, got a bunch of dust and brought it back, landed here in Wormoro, South Australia.
0: I remember that. That wasn't so long ago.
1: No, second one was pretty recent and that's still in space at the moment, ready to go off for round two.
0: So talk to me about some advice to some youngsters that are sitting
2: at school and love space. What should they be doing? Just getting involved. Um, You know, I didn't know that there were opportunities out there for me, but... You know, Nowadays, there are so many different programs through high school, university, even in primary school, actually, there are a lot of programs that you can get involved in, head down to the Space Discovery Centre, talk to some university students like us, we go out to schools as well, talk to kids. Yeah, Sam, you probably know a lot. You work at the Space Discovery Centre, talking to a lot of youngsters.
1: Yeah, you get a couple of kids coming through there, which is always quite fun. Uh, biggest advice is that it's going to be hard. STEM isn't easy. It's not straightforward. And there's going to be classes you absolutely hate. And that's absolutely okay. You just got to struggle through them, learn as much as you can, and move on to the next one. Because that's what STEM is, right? It's problem solving. And sometimes the problem is university. And, and you can work your way through that.
0: It's good advice, actually, because not everyone likes that whole environment and studying. It's the end game that you're wanting to get to. So a little bit of pain, Mm -hmm. a long term gain. Absolutely. So nice to meet you both. And I can't wait to read about what you will be doing in the future because no doubt it will be absolutely amazing. Really nice to talk with you today. We'll, uh, we'll watch your careers blossom with intent thank you so much we're going to take a short break coming up next we'll be joined by singer songwriter anthony Kalea.